0: did on Easter Sunday. I was thinking the last few weeks, knowing that this that I was going to be preaching today or in charge of the service, I was thinking of putting trying to put myself in the position or in this in the story. In the Easter story here of how would I have responded, these disciples and imagining what some of these ladies went through and how how would I have responded if it was me in this Story. How would you have responded? There's two sides to the Easter story that I see very clearly. One is the, the dark and the heavy side of Jesus dying on the cross. And I wonder, it's, it's maybe harder for us to see that because we know the end of the story. But they didn't at that time. Many of them, they knew it, but they didn't understand it. So how would they have been feeling... One one week ago, Jesus is entering Jerusalem as a hero. He is popular. People are praising him. And in one short week's time, look at where they are. Less than a week. What would have gone through your mind? What would you have been thinking? The confusion and the if you were a disciple for 3 years you had been following Jesus closely trying to understand what he's teaching this new kingdom of God that's different than anything else that you've known but you're getting a handle on what he would how Jesus would respond what he would say you've seen his miracles and now it's he's gone he is things turn what we would say turn bad so quickly So there's that side. And now there's Easter Sunday. When he rises from the dead, he's not in the grave anymore. Would you have remembered what he said, that I will rise again and you will see me? Would you have remembered that? And can you imagine the feelings of this actually happening? That's what Easter Sunday is. Psalm 30. 11 and 12 says, Thou hast turned for me my mourning into dancing. Thou hast put off my sackcloth and girded me with gladness. To the end that my glory may sing praise to thee and not be silent, O Lord my God, I will give thanks unto thee forever. Can you say that this morning? The service this morning is going to be a little different. I believe that music... And singing is an expression of our heart, and we are thankful people this morning, so I'd like to do quite a bit of singing. The As I was thinking about Easter, the, the songs that we sing about Easter kept coming into my mind as I looked at phrases I read through, the, gospel, the different Gospels and uh, the Easter story, and different Easter songs that we sing came to mind, and I thought, well, why don't we just... Sing those, they tell the story, they express what's in my heart, and I trust they express what's in your heart, so I'd like to do quite a bit of singing. But to get this picture of of the resurrection, we first need to look at the cross, and I know we've looked at that, and we can't stay there, but we need to look at it. Turn with me in the Christian hymnal to 113. Christian hymnal 113. This is a song of humility as we think about the cross and what Jesus has done for us. And some of these songs are familiar. We sing them, or they're all familiar, and we sing them frequently. But look, think about what we're singing and what these words are, because they do express my heart. I'm sure they express what you're thinking as well this morning about what Jesus has done. Christian hymnal number 113. turn to number 311, another song about the cross. This is what the cross has done for us, the result that it has in our life, Christian hymnal number 311. We'll sing verses 1, 2, and 4, number 311.
1: Allah subhanahu
0: Turn with me to Mark chapter 16. These were verses from our Sunday school text, but I'd like to read some of them again. Mark chapter 16, the first six verses. And when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James and Salome, had brought sweet spices that they might come and anoint him. And very early in the morning, that first day of the week, they came unto the sepulcher at the rising of the sun. And they said among themselves, Who shall roll away the stone from the door of the sepulcher? And when they looked, they saw that the stone was rolled away, for it was very great. And entering into the sepulcher, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, clothed in a long white garment. And they were affrighted. And he saith unto them, Be not affrighted, Ye seek Jesus of Nazareth, which was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. Behold, the place where they laid him. Stop reading there. What were these ladies thinking? I'm trying to put myself in their place here. They came to the tomb intending to complete the burial of Jesus. And I'm convinced they were not expecting him to be risen from the dead. They were not even thinking about that. And they came and they were, the grief, they probably didn't sleep much the night before. And they're saying, how are we going to roll this stone back? There's a huge stone in the way. How are we going to do this? And they get there and the stone is rolled away. And I don't think that they were thinking resurrection. Uh, in Luke chapter 24 it says and they were affrighted and bowed down their faces to the earth and said they said unto them why seek ye the living among the dead he is not here but is risen remember how he spake unto you when he was yet in Galilee saying the son of man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and the third day rise again then verse 8 it says and they remembered his words so they were not, when they saw the stone roll back, they were not thinking resurrection. What were they thinking? What would you have been thinking? You come there and you're trying to, I don't know, bring closure to this or what what they were doing. What they were thinking, but they got there, the stone is gone. And they I probably would have thought, somebody is tampering with this. Body, or somebody's doing something that they shouldn't be doing, or what, and they were afraid. When they saw the angel, did they recognize that it was an angel? But they saw Jesus' body was gone. What were they thinking? I was reading in Matthew about this account. And Matthew 27, the chief priests and the Pharisees came to Pilate and in my own words they said, could you please put a guard, something there at the tomb because they said this deceiver said he will rise again the third day. We don't believe that's going to happen. Can you put a guard there so that uh, nobody can come and steal his body away and say that he rose from the dead? And I like Pilate's words. What he said and this is what he said to the chief priests and the Pharisees. He says, you have ye have a guard. Go make it as sure as you can. Make it as sure as you can. That's language we use when we're not convinced something's going to work. If, if you have a, if you have something, a problem and you would come to me and say, this is the problem I have. Um, what what shall we do? And I say, do the best you can is what he's saying. So do you think Pilate believed? What, what was he thinking here? Make it as sure as you can. In other words, to me what he's saying is, good luck. I don't know. But I like the, that phrase just, just hit me this week. It won't do any good, but here you go. I'll send some soldiers with you. So when these ladies got there, They see the stone is rolled away. They look inside, afraid of what they'll find. And this is the turning point in the story. This is where it goes from the sad, dark, dark part. And they're remembering now. Jesus did say he would rise again, and maybe they didn't believe it then. Or maybe they thought it was a parable and it meant something else. But this is where the, the, the story just it changes from the sadness and the darkness and the discouragement and the depression and whatever other word you want to put in there to the joy and maybe the disbelief that you've heard the phrase, if it's, if it's too good to be true, it probably is. But that's not the case here. This, they're probably thinking it's too good to be true, but it is true. And Jesus went on to prove that. Turn with me in the Christian hymnal to 119. Remember, this is the turning point in the story when they're realizing Jesus did rise from the dead. Psalm Psalm 119, Christ arose. Matthew twenty eight verse eight says, And they departed quickly from the sepulchre with fear and great joy. Fear and great joy. And did run to bring his disciples word. Now again, I'm trying to imagine what they were feeling. It I think they realize now Jesus He did rise from the dead. He's gone fear and great joy. So they run to the disciples and every one of the Gospels says that the rest of the disciples were skeptical. If you were one of the disciples, the eleven that were left, what would you be thinking? These sleep-deprived ladies come running to you early in the morning, and they say, Jesus isn't there, he's risen from the dead. And it says, they thought of it as idle tales. That's the words from Matthew 28. They thought they were idle tales. They had seen Jesus beaten. They had seen him hanging on the cross. They had maybe seen the soldier pierce his side with the spear. They had maybe watched Joseph take the body of Jesus down, the lifeless body. They had seen all of this, and it was real. It wasn't just a dream, it was real. So can you imagine, again, thinking a week ago, the joyful entry, and in a short week, with all that was happening, you know how when it's a busy week, it's a fast week? I think this was a fast week, and with all that had happened, can you imagine what they were thinking now? The heaviness and the confusion... They had followed Jesus, their master, the one they called master. They had seen him do miracles. Why couldn't he have just come down from the cross? He could have. Why didn't he? All the confusion and all these things that they're thinking. And then these women come and say, he has risen from the dead. And they were skeptical. They didn't believe them. I've asked a group of ladies to sing two songs I'll have them come up front here and sing those two songs at this time thank you for those songs I like that that last one captures the the feeling and the spirit of Jesus rising again so why is the resurrection important why did Jesus have to rise from the dead why does it matter if it's The blood of Jesus that cleanses us from sin, why is the resurrection important? It is the blood of Jesus that cleanses us from sin, but it's the resurrection of Jesus that proves it. Anybody could say, I'm going to die and my blood will cleanse you from sin. Anybody could say that. But not just anybody could rise again from the dead to prove that. That is part of why the resurrection is so important. It's only Jesus who has the power to rise from the dead, and because of that, it is only Jesus whose blood is sufficient to wash away our sins. I've got three verses I'd like to hand out to you here, or three passages, a few different verses. but could someone take Revelation 1:17 and 18?: Revelation 1, 17 and 18. Yep. Job 19:25. Marlon. 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty five through fifty seven. Delvin. These are verses proclaiming the joy of the resurrection, the joy that we feel this morning. Revelation one seventeen and eighteen. And when he saw him. That is why the resurrection is important. Job nineteen twenty-five. The testimony of Job: I know that my redeemer liveth. 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty-five through fifty-seven.
1: O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. That thanks be. God, which giveth us the victory
0: to our Lord Jesus Christ. And that also is why the resurrection is important. Turn with me in the Zion's praises to 170. Zion's praises number 170. Let's stand to sing this song. Christ the Lord is risen today. <coughs> I'll take a selection after this song. If you have a Easter song that you would like to sing, that we haven't sung, or that we have sung, we can sing it again. So I'll, we'll sing this one, and then I'll take a selection. nice praises 178. Christ,
1: Christ the Lord it's rescued. Yeah.
0: Five hundred twenty one. And then I'll have a closing song after this one. Number five hundred twenty one.
1: I heard it
2: for pulling that together this morning. The hope that we have is not in continuing to be like we always was, or continuity. Our hope is to be fully whole in the presence of Jesus. And we can only become that because he has died for our sins and rose again. It's in the hospital, I think it was Friday, and a lady asked the question, why is it called Good Friday? It's the darkest day and there was darkness over all the earth. Why would it be called Good Friday? Um, I thought she answered though. She said it's called Good Friday because Sunday came. You know, when you add Sunday to the picture of Friday, it makes Friday a really, really good Friday. It gives us hope again. Any testimonies to share this morning? Anyone else? Uh, we'll close that with a question. Is there such a thing as a Christian pessimist? Just a thought. There's some people that seem pretty gloomy. I'm not going to call any names and I hope you don't feel guilty, but you might. Uh, our, we can't just live on Friday and make that our hope. We've got to live in Sunday. We've got to say this changed. And like like Paul said, that same dynamite power that rose Jesus from the dead is within every believer. Not everyone who claims the name of Christ because a lot of us do and yet we're as gloomy as before. But in believers, those who truly hope in Jesus Christ, there's a dynamite power to change us into that likeness of Christ. And may we be truly... Christian optimist that he is able to carry us through. Just have an announcement before we um, close and have the meal. Look forward to the ordination next year. Sorry, yeah, next year. (laughs) Uh, Is that all right, Claire? (laughs) Next week. I was thinking of the Christian hymnal song 446. Time is filled with transition. None of earth unmoved can stand. And it says, build your hopes on things eternal. Hold to God's unchanging hand. Trust in Him who will not leave you. You know, the ministry appreciates the privilege it is to, to serve as your pastors, serve as your servants. But one thing is for certain is all of us are going to leave you. It's just the way life is. You can't hold to us and say, you know, because of Claire or Eric or Todd, we have peace in the church or ministry. You're holding to the wrong hand. We hold to God's unchanging hand. That's what's going to carry us through. So we look at change and with change we want to be open and clear with, as from a minister's perspective, how things will change. As you look and as you consider this, would you be eligible as a deacon? And if not, I would say, friends, let's wake up. Because Jesus' return is coming soon. Let, let's make ourselves ready. Not everyone is called to a deacon. And if someone is not called to be a deacon, that makes them not less of a Christian than someone who was called. It, it's not about, um, now we have somebody in an ultimate group. We simply have someone who God has chosen to serve his people at this point in time. That's all it simply is. If you're struggling with would I be willing, I would just invite you this week to in your mind go up a lonely hill and look at a lonely man who's dying and look at those nail prints in his hands and he says I did this for you. Sometimes we have to do that. And then come away from that hill and recognize, Lord, whatever it is, I'm just an unworthy servant. But if you need me, I'm ready. As we look to Friday evening, and we were disappointed Wednesday evening um, prayer meeting would be canceled this week. But Friday evening we would look to receive the nominations, if I can get this all said receiving the nominations. And we would like to spend some time in prayer as a congregation Friday evening and just calling upon the Lord. And there will be a short devotional and then we'll be passing out ballots for you to fill out. Um, The ballots are going to be clear and first grader language. We don't want people to say I'm not sure what line to put what and whatever. Um, It will be, my name is blank. I would like to nominate blank For office of deacon or something to that effect so that um, we know who has voted. They keep track of the amount of votes that have come in and they also keep track of how many people have been nominated in that regards. As we look to this serious time, the question that we look at for all of us is what are not just our preference of who's good at talking, we're looking at what are godly commitments that we have held to. Commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ and fulfilling in that. Commitment to our church and fulfilling in that. Being there. Supporting. Commitment to our families. Um, and I understand and we understand as a ministry, we're all still human. As we look around at each other, we wonder how we ever got here how in the world did Claire and Eric and myself get to be in the ministry? Somebody had to overlook quite a few things in order for us to be on the nomination slate. And that's that's just the way it is as humans. But yet those commitments come back to the Lord Jesus Christ, to the church, to our families, and that the Lord Jesus Christ will continue to change all of us from glory to glory as we continue focusing on Him. And I, I... I ask us as a congregation to be in deep prayer, spend time in solitude praying and asking God for wisdom through this time. And if you do not have a name to give on Friday, um, please don't feel condemned. Um, if that's the way it is, that's the way it is. We we work together as a brotherhood, but one thing's for certain: let's all own this as a brotherhood. We are, we want to do this together, and take this step together in faith and look to and hold to God's unchanging hand. So, If you have any questions in regards to it, please, please feel free to ask any in the ministry. Uh, we want to be open and we're looking forward to this. We realize it's a huge step and we shudder at times at all the things that changes in our life and yet we realize through these times that we can hold tighter to God's unchanging hand and realize it's Him that is unmoving. If you're able to stand, let's stand for a dismissing prayer. Lord, I thank you.